everyone and welcome back to another episode of Let's Check In. I'm your host Levine, a soon-to-be trainee clinical psychologist in September and this podcast is all about life, mental health, psychology and my journey to and through the clinical psychology doctorate. So today we're going to be checking in on IAPS, so that's Improving Access to Psychological Therapies. And I have my friend back again, Sneha. <laughs> um, we didn't take that long to come back. Uh, no. just, <laughs> yeah, as we were filming the last episode, we thought actually we could probably expand a bit more about our experience there because it was a really good experience and I felt like, yeah, there was so much more to say. So we're back again to just kind of talk a bit more about just I at this time um but before we get into it I just wanted to say once again make sure you check out my Instagram page it's let's check in pod so l-e-t-s-c-h-e-c-k-p-o-d on Instagram and wherever you're listening whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, I don't even know where else make sure you're following or subscribed or whatever it is so that you get notifications about when I post a new episode so we're back again Sneha <laughs> once again do you want to introduce yourself for the how many time sure hi everyone <laughs> and thank you Levine for having me back and yeah, so I'm Sneha I'm a part-time caseworker for vulnerable adults and I'm a part-time counselling trainee so I'm doing my master's in integrative counselling and psychotherapy at the University of Roehampton and I'm about to start my second year in September. Okay Mm -hmm. great so just for the record this has been like the third time or I don't know how many times we've had to re-record this yeah because it wasn't working so hopefully this one works um so yeah Sneha is um yeah one of my friends that I met in IAP so we were working together um, in the IAP service as graduate mental health workers and then we built a friendship and now we're friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I thought we could talk a bit more about our time there because it was really interesting and we learned a lot um, and hopefully it will either encourage you or maybe dissuade you. <laughs> I don't know. But the idea is that you get a bit more of an understanding of what actually takes place in the service so you can kind of make an informed decision about whether you want to pursue that route or not bear in mind this is all our own views um don't take this literally I mean, actually no take it literally because it is our experience and it is valid but I mean it's not <laughs> it's not the uh, it's not the common consensus of everyone so that's just a little disclaimer out there so um where do we start okay so let's start with why we even both wanted to join um an IAP service so do you want to go ahead and start Okay, well, when I graduated from my undergraduate degree in psychology, and I was looking for jobs, looking for how I can get my foot in the door, and I kept coming across the PWP training. And I didn't really know what CBT was back then, but I could see it was really picking up in the mental health field. Mm. And I thought this would be a very linear route a kind of cookie cutter route into psychology and a good progression route and I was quite interested in being trained to deliver a therapy Um, Mm. however I was not uh, (laughs) experienced to be accepted um, into into the interview process so I applied but you know with not much success and it took me a while to get a lot of experience develop myself as well as a person and then and then you know 
you know be able to show that I've got quite a lot of experience and I'm quite robust and I'm ready for this role and then I found the graduate mental health worker role and just in time as I was looking for a new role for my previous job and I got that and then I ended up in IAP so it was a lot of curiosity and interest for quite a few years before I actually embarked on it. Yeah, no, same. Similarly to you, um, I had also known a lot about kind of, oh, what is this PWP role? Um, Because I had worked in a IAP service previous to the one that we're going to be talking about today. Um, Or just, yeah, previous to this. And it was a voluntary role. And so obviously I heard a lot about PWPs. I knew that there was a training course to become one. um, And I learned a lot about CBT and thought, oh, this sounds great. This sounds exactly like what I would like to do. Um, it seems very um, formulaic in a way, or and it seems very kind of, um, yeah, structured, which I quite liked. And so I was like, yeah, I really like CBT. Let me go into this field. So once again, I applied for all the roles. Um, I did apply for the PWP training in Nottingham and um, alongside applying for graduate mental health worker role here um, in London and I didn't get the one in Nottingham so I was like okay cool (laughs) that's fine. Um, It's the same sort of role except I didn't get the um, what's it called it postgraduate diploma I didn't study so I ended up doing this role and that's how we both ended up working in the same service so um that's how yeah we got there another disclaimer just to say every IAP service is different so I can even attest to this because I've worked in three different ones um and more if you count like digital therapy so each service is different each service will have their own versions of um treatments or like when I say versions as in their own like protocols or yeah their own ways of working so just bear that in mind we're only speaking from the experiences that we've had um but yeah so we we um or I started in October 2017 Sneha started in now I know (laughs) June 2018 I kept thinking it was Christmas but it wasn't um and yeah so by the time you have started I was already there for quite a while um what was your experience walking in to IAPS in the June of 2018 late June the summer um summer of 2018 so I entered into IAPS and I thought okay I'm finally here and I'm doing what I've always heard of people doing and I can't believe I'm finally doing it and when I got there I was just a bit of a deer in headlights you know it, it was quite um I know some IAP teams are a lot bigger, but I thought ours was quite big and everyone was so busy, always doing something and you were all so seasoned that you made it look easy. And then I embarked on the actual role in doing triages and training for different therapies and doing Mm. the therapies. And I realised that I can also make it look easy, but it definitely is not easy. Yeah, it is not easy. No, and I, I found it when I first walked in, I yeah, like I said, I was a deer in the headlights. I was like, okay, there's so much to learn, so much to absorb. And I was just sort of winging it. Yeah, same. Honestly, the fact that you thought I looked seasoned, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, it is not an easy role. I think some people have this kind of cons- like idea that it's just like um, being in a call centre, you just sit there with your headset and you just speak to people. It's okay, you do sit, sit in a room with a headset on. <laughs> um for quite a lot of time but it is not like a call center role not saying that call center roles are easy but it's just completely different um it is quite 
a lot of work so don't necessarily think it's just something an easy way to get into psychology it's really not it's actually quite difficult um in terms of the actual role what you're doing um yeah and it is quite demanding so speaking about um (laughs) our service in particular um I would say that we I actually I'm not sure actually I wouldn't I wouldn't want to say just our service in particular because I know just generally other places um had quite a high caseload like PWPs or graduate mental health workers had a high caseload just due to the very nature of the service um it is an NHS service for those who don't know actually Sneha could you just explain what IAPT is because I don't want to just assume everyone knows Sure. So I'll try and explain it the best I can. I'm a bit rusty with yeah, IAPT. That's why I told you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. So it stands for Improving Access to Psychological Therapies. And it is the, it's uh, funded by the NHS and it's based nationally. And mm-hmm. it's one, I think its main uh, course of treatment is CBT, but it also um, some services, they, they like Levine said, they will vary in what they offer. Some have EMDR, some yeah. have counselling, um, and then they some have a wellbeing service for things like assertiveness, confidence, self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a very uh, popular form of, it's basically an essential part of the mental health system that yeah. people go through. Yeah, in the UK, yeah. Yeah. So, well, not even, I think it's just England, actually. I don't know if there's IAP services at the, you know what, let's not get into it, because I'm not sure. I would have known, but I don't know anymore, I'm afraid. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I would have definitely known this, but um, yeah, so it is also known by other names, so it might not be known as IAP for you, if you've ever heard of it, it may be known as like talking therapies or um, wellbeing support or I cope or there's just so many different names for it so if you've ever kind of been in doubt it's probably an IAP service if it's a primary care one it just might have a different name so yeah um, it's basically an NHS run service so because of that there is a lot of um, people who are wanting to access it because you know it's free um, which means that we often have really high caseloads so that being said um, although it is like an amazing piece of work that you can be doing with people um cbt base by the way um it is quite hard it is quite um intense there's a lot of people you'll probably be asked to see your caseload will probably be really high obviously depending on your area because there's someone we worked with and she worked somewhere before she worked at our service and her caseload seemed like pretty pretty chill do you know who i'm talking about no, I can't okay. remember. Okay, the person... All right, let's not because... <laughs> let's talk about that offline. Yeah, I'll talk about that. In another but yeah, there was someone else who worked where we worked, but worked somewhere else prior to that. And her service seemed like... It wasn't a London service. So I think maybe that contributed to it. But she had a really low caseload. So I think it, it really does depend on the service you work in. Well, compared to us anyway. So um, yeah, that's just one thing to say. But it is quite difficult but it's also really rewarding. Um, there is so much I got from <laughs> from our service that I'm so grateful for now. Like I still use some of the things that I've learned um, and I thought what best way to kind of think about those things than to reflect on our top memories. So we've kind of come up with a list of our 
top ones. Sneha, you can go first. <laughs> okay. So the first one I'll start with is the, oh, one of my favourites. It's Fika Friday. Fika Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and Naveen, you coined this term when you came back from Sweden. Yeah, yeah. So me and my friend went to Sweden on a little kind of mini break. Um, And Fika, if no one knows what that is, it's basically like, I don't even know. How would you? It's just basically a thing that Swedish people do. Um throughout the day so it's kind of like instead of going out for lunch it's kind of like oh I'm gonna go out and have a fika and it's just you go out you have a cup of tea have a cup of coffee have a cake or some sort of pastry and you just have a chat or maybe not but it's it's kind of just like a break but they do it multiple times throughout the day that's what I got from it anyway I came back home and I was like guys we're gonna do fika friday um and so that's how it got born and yeah so what else would we do yeah so we would do like questions Sneha had a lot of Disney related questions <laughs> <laughs> um those questions like um we'd basically write things on a piece of paper and then put it in a bowl and then we'd draw out questions and that would be like the discussion topic for that week um so one of them was like what would be your intro song um, oh yeah <laughs> what was my intro song do you remember yours was um eve who's that girl yeah who's that girl and then we went out and then it was playing like when, <laughs> it was for sneha's birthday and we was like Woo! <laughs> oh, good time. yeah it was good time so yeah we we got to know each other outside of work it was kind of like a good way to actually know each other as people so that's why i really liked that actually that was a good that was really fun um so that, yeah that's the top memory for me actually as well um do you want to say another one or should I go next? Um, I'll go with, oh, this is quite an emotional memory. So I was working late, as you do, as as I often did. I used to. Oh, my gosh. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah, I, I just had this. I still do. I still do it at, at my yeah, current job as well. I just, yeah, it's, it's just, unavoidable. I'll, I'll Actually, no, it's avoidable. It's Neha just chooses to work late. <laughs> I know I know I can I can say oh it's inevitable I've got so much to do but anyway um so I was I was working late as you do and then one member of staff um so we so our service had um a counseling service as well uh, one of the counselors came in and we were just chatting and at that point he didn't know that I wanted to be a counselor we were just talking generally um about how tiring it can be in mental health, providing support. And then I think he he kind of maybe just said this in passing, but I held on to it. He said, you know, mm. the most important thing is never stop caring. Don't stop caring. You know, that's, that's the main thing. Never stop caring. And I, my eyes, he didn't see, but my eyes actually filled with tears a bit. Thought, yeah, because, you know, you, you get to the point where you sometimes have compassion fatigue in mm. a mental health service. Oh, yeah. that's, you, know, it's, you know, it's amazing service, but it's demanding and exhausting to work in as well Mm. so he just brought that home for me and that was I think that's been one of my mottos that I've carried forward is never stop caring if you're if you're getting burnt out if if something is getting on top of you and something needs to give step back and look at and look at the situation but never stop caring and yeah that's that's so yeah that was quite pivotal yeah no that's really a speaking of, of the people that we worked with we, honestly I think my best team I've ever worked with has been at IAPT that service because everyone was so lovely like obviously there's some people you talk to more than others and that's fine but everyone generally I felt was there to support you like to help you if you had a question they would kind of help you out um but I think speaking about having people there one of the things that I remember as well was um it's kind of like a dual memory so 
I had a really, really good supervisor, um, clinical supervisor, and she was so helpful for everything. So she helped me through um, applying for different roles. Um, so like, I actually applied for high intensity training before um, the doctorate and she helped me with that. She helped me with the doctorate application. She would do like little um, interview role plays with me. Like she was just so helpful um, and she was just, not just on the clinical level, but like personally as well, kind of like what you're saying with um, your experience, like she would just speak to me and say, look, as a person, make sure there's this in, in place or make sure you you kind of um, have looked after this part of your life and like don't neglect your own self-care and just really general, well-rounded supervision, um, not just clinical or case management, which is what I really appreciated. And kind of leading on to that, I one of another experiences that I had that was probably one of my best memories was I had a client who was going through a really, really difficult time obviously due to confidentiality I won't explain everything but he was just going through a really difficult time and was quite suicidal really low um and I honestly felt out of my depth I felt like I didn't know enough or I didn't know how to support him but again my supervisor was just oh she was just lovely she was just there she was like Levi you can do this try this do this you know everything you think a supervisor should do but for some reason it just was special with how she did it um and I worked through it with him and you know eventually he reached into what we call recovery in IAPT but essentially it just means that his scores were decreased on a questionnaire on questionnaires sorry that kind of showed that he made a big improvement um and so for me that was like oh my gosh yes but even more so was his kind of feedback and I remember him saying to me oh Levine um you made me feel held when I was going through like one of the lowest points of my life Mm -hmm. and like it was just so refreshing to hear that someone actually benefited from this and it may seem really small but when you're working super long um not even super long because I'm not staying hard I don't stay after work but but when you're working like really intensely and sometimes you feel like you're burning out hearing that kind of feedback from people and hearing that something that you did made a difference really does kind of boost your um faith I guess in the service it makes you feel like this actually works like something is working here um even though I feel like it doesn't all the time when it does it's it feels great and having my supervisor there to support me through that was oh it was just really good so that was like a dual memory of IAP that was something I really kind of even now I stick to that and every time I feel like I'm not a good clinician or I feel rubbish I'll go back and think about what he said and like yeah but yeah no I I do I do know what I'm doing Um, I'm just having real imposter syndrome right now but um yeah that was probably one of my memories that I really kind of think about a lot about that service um yeah what what about you what other ones did you have so I'm gonna jump on top of the memory that that you just spoke about and when I got the is that similar kind of feedback from clients or feedback that the treatment helped or feedback that they just feel better in themselves and you know just thanking me for being there that in itself just brought it back to me about why I'm in this role why I'm in this field and doing this job it is to be there for people and support people and however exhausted and drained and stressed and frustrated I felt that yeah. just built up that warm and fuzzy feeling and that motivated me to keep going and you know this it did sort of you know the, the way that that fulfilled me 
just brought it home that okay this is your calling this is what you're Mm -hmm. going to do and this is what you're passionate about and also about my supervisor so I had a different supervisor to Levine and he uh, he was also amazing Uh, very special memories of him and it was at the points in IAPT where you know you'd get workloads and demands and, and stresses that you know really they, they really got on top of me and it could get to the point where you'd either laugh or cry and he would always be there to laugh with you and he just, allevi- yeah. <laughs> just he just alleviated that tension and when I had reached a real fork in the road of either going down the PWP clinical psychology route or just you know be deviating from IAPT and going into career and counseling you know I was really really at the fork and he sat me down and took the time to go through every possible outcome and avenue with me to make sure that I was making the right choice for me and Mm -hmm. once I had decided that choice he supported me in that and he was happy for me and he he was just there and he was a real solid support in um an eye up for me during that time so yeah I've always I'll always appreciate him for that and I do miss him yeah no he was so funny as well just randomly like as you were just speaking I was remembering like um actually maybe I won't say it because it will give away who it is but um he would just have these like little funny catchphrases and I don't know if he was there that time when he was giving a presentation about do you know which one I'm talking about oh my gosh it was hilarious oh my gosh oh I love it um so actually speaking about funny times one of the other things that I remember having a lot of laughs and jokes in was um our team meetings so we would play these like games you remember yes yes (laughs) you got so competitive so competitive this is how you know you're with a bunch of psychology students because (laughs) the games would be all related to psychology like all psychological um disorders and stuff so it would basically what our um team leader would do at the time uh she she was like step two lead she would basically um write down the name of the disorder so say for example a metaphobia (laughs) i don't know why i picked that one because that one has so much contention Um, (laughs) we're all debates about a metaphobia yeah there was a whole debate about this anyway so she would put a, a term like a metaphobia for those who don't know it's like the fear of vomiting or the fear of sick like being sick um or seeing it as well. So she would pick this term and the, the kind of aim of the game was to describe it or to, to your team without using the word or, um, yeah, it was basically like charades, but for psychology, basically, I think, yeah, that's how you liken it. Um, and we would have so much fun because we're all really competitive. I don't know why. Maybe it's it's this kind of trait. If you want to be in psychology, you've got to be competitive. Yeah. But um, yeah, we all would have so much fun like playing those games and it'll get heated sometimes, like trying to debate the nuances of a word or just a diagnosis. Um, but that was something I really remember having so much fun doing. Um, yeah, that's definitely a top memory. And then also like leaving parties as well, even though that sounds really oh. sad, but like, yeah, the leaving parties that we would have, um, going for like drinks or like, even um on my last day um it was like quite a few of us leaving at the same time so we had like kfc and like cake and then loads of just little things snail i don't think you were there 
No, I'd already left. Yeah, you already left. Yeah, (laughs) but um, there was like other things that it was just really nice. Everyone really cared about each other. I genuinely felt like people actually liked each other. It wasn't like, yeah, I like you, I guess. But (laughs) I think people actually liked each other there. Um, So that was one of my favourite memories. Um, Do you have any more? Because I have loads. (laughs) Well, I'm going to jump on yours again. It's when we, when whenever a person left, we had what we called the awkward goodbye. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I loved the. I love a bit of awkwardness. I love the awkward <laughs> So that's when the person who is leaving is sort of, oh gosh, it's so sort of cornered into a room or just like, or basically, yeah, basically as many people from the service as, as are free at that time, as are available, will come into that small room and just basically stand around them in a circle. And then like the team lead or someone will say how much they value that person that's leaving and how much they'll miss them. And the person just sort of stands there shuffling and smiling and trying not to cry. And it's just beautiful. I know some people hated it, but I loved it. Oh, it was so awkward. I think it is just that whole thing of like affirming people that we just mm. find it uncomfortable, like to receive praise. Oh, I loved and, like, it. I know I would just be like uh like I think at one point I was I'm just gonna sneak away I'm just gonna disappear no one will know I've left because I don't want to do the awkward goodbye (laughs) um but it was actually really nice actually speaking about that my supervisor actually took me and um another one of her supervisees out for lunch actually for our leaving yeah she was like oh she was so nice I'm gonna message her after this but um yeah so that was another thing but um another one I had I think this will probably be my last one, but um, me and Sting Hot towards the end, we were going through it. I don't even know what was going on, but like <laughs> I was just so stressed. <laughs> we were going through it, and <laughs> I don't know what. Like even per- like just personally, like relationship wide, like we were just going through it, like mm. just stress all ends, um, yeah, on all ends, like different aspects of life. And then what we would do is like it started to get really quiet towards the time we were leaving I don't know why but we would just kind of have some time during lunch or not lunch and we would just Just go and like just randomly throughout the day just have little chats in the clinic rooms like (laughs) I guess this was almost preparing Sneha for counselling because she would sit (laughs) me down and I would literally be in tears I'd be like Sneha just crying and talking and it was so therapeutic like I don't even know I think that's probably one of the things that actually helped us to get closer because Mm. we would just talk and talk and talk (laughs) I'm not saying we neglected our clients because we just didn't have people put in so that wasn't that yeah yeah, just just, just a disclaimer we would have people that would like did not turn up so DNAs so um yeah we would just have little chats and we would talk and I would cry and I would like be like Sneha like this is going on and then she would just sit with me and like I guess she was like practicing her counseling skills and <laughs> yeah it was actually really nice like it was just oh it was just lovely um and yeah that was probably another t- another memory another ones that I have like but I'm not going to go to detail was like me riding down the um clinic corridor on an electric scooter <laughs> my client's electric scooter you know what I don't think anyone knows this happened in the evening so we had um so some people had to work like up until 8 p.m and I had a group that was running in the evening and one of my clients like we wasn't really gelling because I couldn't say his name and I felt like there was a bit of like therapeutic like there wasn't that closeness you know so he offered for me to ride on his scooter and then I was like yeah and that's how that happened um so that, <laughs> Good that bit was of that. 
yeah just keep going I wasn't just like randomly riding around on an electric scooter um <laughs> and then also one of our other colleagues um we used to sit in the same room and we would sit and watch the wind like look out the window and have like these chats and I'm actually going to start training with her so oh I'm so excited to speak to her again um so yeah like there was so many things but I think I'm just going to end it because I'll just be going on forever but yeah do you want to add anything else yeah I'll, I'll round it off on that you know as, as much as I gave you with some form of therapy I was also in agony as well and and you helped so much when we were sitting in those rooms and just like offloading on each other and (laughs) it was much needed and I think in, in a demanding service or just in life you always need people around you even if it's that one person yeah. where you can just sit down and just hash out what is going on up there um, 100%. because often you know there's a lot and I think it just offer that as well it's similar to what you said with the team spirit we had saying the team meetings and I think just our team overall like just how wonderful they were so we were mm. all in the same boat and within the step two PWP graduate mental health worker cohort you know in the time I was there we were well there were two boys as well but they uh, they moved on quite soon so it was like pretty much all female all around the same age all young all competitive like wanting we had to compete for roles basically um to go up to band five etc and you know it's, it's a very competitive industry and with bearing all this in mind I would have thought that there'd be like sort of cat fights but there was none of that and we were really like a sisterhood and yeah it was actually and I echo what you said Lavina I think one of my favorite most supportive teams have been you guys in that yeah definitely in those little rooms with those headsets and just supporting each other making each other laugh (laughs) listening to each other when we cry and it was yeah you guys were some of the most nourishing people I've been around I know I literally just as you said headsets I remember like you know in the group chat when someone would be late and so like can someone turn the microphone out You know, the other day I was going through my old group chats. Um, I was having a bit of a clear out. I haven't deleted the iApt one. And I, I thought, oh, oh. Let, let me read through it. And what, what what do we say? And I actually started getting stressed because it was all like, <laughs> someone's put to my computer, I'm running late or my car broke down. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm just getting flashbacks, I need to stop. But oh you know, gosh, I, I kept yeah. the group chat because it's special to me. Oh, I might need to, I think I've just archived it, but I might go through it. That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, that was a really good team. So I hope everyone was listening that kind of got that. Yes, it is a really stressful role, like working in IAPT. But if you have a good team, which we definitely did, and if you have like supportive people around you, like it is doable. It's not like hell on earth. Like it is really good. I know some people think that it's just like really terrible role it's not like you do do valuable work like we both said we've kind of had really good feedback from clients so we know that it does work for people um yeah I just really think it's a team honestly I think the team makes or breaks it um so yeah I guess we can close you know because I don't again you know me with this time so thank you all for listening um it's been really lovely having you on Sneha honestly I really appreciate you coming to speak with me um once again check out uh, my Instagram it's let's check in pod um if you're listening to this wherever you are make sure you're subscribed following whatever so you can know when I post a new episode so for now thank you we will speak again soon um any closing remarks 
thank you to the wonderful Levine for oh, having me back. I loved it. And thank you all for listening. And please, everyone, go and follow this beautiful lady. She's really oh, inspirational. And, you. you know, she's helped me along my journey. And I know she's going to help other people in hers as well and in theirs. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, just so everyone knows, I don't pay people to say this. So... <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I will check back in with you all soon. And yeah, in the meanwhile, just make sure you're following and subscribe slash, yeah. I don't know what other thing you do, but yeah. Thank you. Bye. Ciao.